Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Seen It All. We break down this week's biggest movie and TV news. We got Equalizer 3 review, Warner Brothers' delayed Dune 2, Godzilla of Time, Times Kong, something like that, Lord of the Rings movie, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour is coming to theaters, Blue, Blue Beetle, and Gran Turismo, both are very much underperforming, and Ahsoka Episode 3 review, all on this week's episode of Seen It All. But I want to start off with my Equalizer 3 review. Now, let's just say I did not have time to watch the first two. I also did not want to watch the first two. I think I was like, I, I feel like I'm going to be safe going into this movie not knowing anything from the previous ones. And that is true. So you're getting this fresh from someone who has a fresh, fresh set of eyes on this franchise. And God, this movie is so boring. My Lord, this movie is, is just so, so boring. From seeing the trailer a couple of times in theaters, I thought it was going to be like a heavy action movie in the style of John Wick. Maybe that's like what the first two are, but this is definitely not it. There's, I just want to talk about the action first because it, it most upset me because I'm going to an action movie, starting to see some cool action scenes. It was just non-existent. The action that all he does is just sneak up behind the corner and shoot people. That was it. He, does, he doesn't even do any cool fight moves. I wanted some cool fight moves. He does two cool things, but they're like less fight moves. One of them you see in the trailers when he set his watch for nine seconds. That was cool. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. And then the kills are pretty cool. And they showed him off in the trailer and stuff. And then the other one, let me just say it's something to do with a hand. That was good. That was good right there. Denzel Washington, good job with that. But other than that, the kills were like not good. And the, the action scenes were just in the very dark. Oh, he's there. He's not there. Boom, you're dead. It, it was just, it wasn't anything entertaining. It was like I'm watching a horror movie when I want the horror villain to win. I don't know. It's not good. But the other than the action, I would, I would probably call it's like 10 minutes of the whole movie. If you call that action, I wouldn't call that action. It's, it, it, it's just the first the first 30 minutes of the movie consists of Denzel Washington just walking around Sicily, Italy. He just he walks up these stairs. Let's walk down those stairs. Let's look over there. Let's side out these people. Let's side out these people. I was like, oh my God, why am I watching this movie? This movie has so little story, too. It's so funny. I could predict what was going to happen like right in the beginning. And it plays out exactly like you thought it would. When you see, when you think Italian mafia movie with a guy coming for revenge. It's gonna play out exactly, exactly how you think it is. There's no development, nothing like, oh, what can this happen? Nope, nope, nothing like that. It tries to build connection with Denzel Washington's character. I didn't learn his name. I did not. Um, to the people of Italy, and it doesn't really work because we don't spend enough time on it. I really don't know where they spent all the time in this movie. Now I'm thinking about it. it's like an hour and fifty minutes. Um, it was. It felt like an hour and fifty minutes, but like nothing happened. So. Uh, I don't know where all that time went. Um, Elf Anning's good. I thought she was in the earlier Equalizer movies based off like all the reports that done this, but I'm pretty sure she was just reuniting with Denzel based on a movie from like 2000. I can't remember what the title was. It's like a man from something. I don't remember, but I thought she was in the early Equalizer films. So when so when she came in in the first scene, she's like, I don't know who you are, Denzel. I was like, wait, is she joking or are we being serious here? So there's just a few moments where I didn't quite understand, but that was from my own fault from thinking that l fanning was in an earlier film and they were like reuniting for this but that was just me being wrong uh i david um david denman here i actually have never used his actual name he's kind of like that guy like oh i recognize that guy and he's in like everything he's here as her sidekick and i didn't know he was in the movie but whenever he shows up i'm happy and he was in a lot more of this film than i thought he would be um as i said the mo the villains of this movie are the italian mafia and of course, the villains are. Of course, the mafia villains are Italian. It's pretty funny. I'll have to tell my Italian friend that. Make sure she knows about it. Um, they are so bland. 
and so stupid and so typical. I mean, you want them to die, so at least they got that right. I mean, these guys were evil, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to see this guy have slow, agonizing death. They give it to him. Um, uh, one of them, particularly, let's say that some they has a lot of people in this movie that die. So, I mean, it's a collage movie. What are you expecting? But they make you want to. They make you want to think this guy's gonna die. They also literally have a Viking bodyguard. They call him Viking too, and he looks like a Viking. And they did nothing with him. Like, it'd be a cool action scene with a Viking and, like, an axe or something. No. Nothing. He didn't even fight Denzel. I don't remember what happened to him. See? I, I paid attention. I promise you I paid attention. I just got bored. Um, I've seen old men like Keanu Reeves throw it down. Come on, Denzel. I want to see you throw it down. Please. I do want to say all the performance given in the film were really good. Of course, Denzel Washington is good. He's going to be great. I was not expecting anything else because he's absolutely amazing. He's a legend. Um, also, his chemistry with Elle Fanning is great. And... I thought Elle Fanning was also good in too, but she wasn't in as much as I thought she would be. She kind of gets sidelined towards the latter half of the film. Like, oh, I wish Elle Fanning was a part of this, but no, she doesn't want to do it. Not a lot happens in this movie. I don't understand where my hour and 52 minutes went. Other than those two, I wouldn't say anyone stood out or even have enough to do to give the actors anything to work with. There are some really good shots in the movie, though. I mean, Anton Fugua, who's the director of this film, he's directed a lot of movies, so he knows how to make cool shots, specifically one with Elle Fanning in an interrogation scene. You'll, you'll see it. You'll know it when you see it. Like, it was shot so cool. And there was also a shot at the end with fireworks behind, like, a statue of Mary. I was like, oh, this is so cinematic. Unlike the rest of the movie. Because when he's walking around Sicily, I'm like, this is the ugliest piece of crap I've ever seen. But there's some really, really well-put-together scenes. Some beautiful cinematography here and there I was not expecting. But the one thing I can see I truly loved about this movie was its score. Oh, it was so good. It got my blood pumping. There was a motorcycle scenes that just had absolutely blood pumping music. And it was towards the beginning of the film. So I thought like I was in for a real treat. I was like, oh, it's going to be good. They're going to be some awesome music. They didn't use that score a lot, but they had a good score. And I was like, oh, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be, no, no. <laughs> also, you can see the movie without seeing the other two. I didn't see it without seeing the other two. There's like a few things at the end of the film. I'm like, I think that guy's probably from the first one. Cause I don't remember. I don't, I don't, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I feel like I was paying attention, but pretty sure they were from the first film or second film. There's a few references there at the end, but other than that, you can fully understand everything. So if you're going to drag along to this, You'll be fine, but also I wouldn't recommend you go see this movie unless you're like an Equalizer fan or a Denzel Washington fan. Denzel Washington doesn't even really do much here either, so I mean, just go watch the other Equalizer movies at this point. So yeah, this is coming from someone who has not seen an Equalizer film, but I just found it to be so boring and not enough to justify this being even called an action film. Also, I've seen the movie. I've seen this movie just a thousand times before with Italian Mafia. And this guy's gonna need his revenge. He gets his revenge, and it's doing nothing special. So. Eh, not the best for me. As for other people's reactions right now, I think it has like a 60% of Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is generous. I think they're doing it because they love Denzel Washington. And the box office looks to be around $31 million for its opening weekend. That is strictly due to my man Denzel. He is bringing those 30 million, 30 million people in. One million of that was because of the trailers. That is it. It was just Denzel. If you see Denzel on a poster, that brought people in. One million from that awful trailer. They only released like one trailer, I think. They did no marketing to move for this movie. I've seen this trailer maybe like three times in front of other Sony movies. But I've seen no marketing for this movie out elsewhere at all. And I, I was like, where? Maybe they're just like, they've learned not to market. Like, they reckon it's to old men. That's definitely, their demographic is old men. So maybe I'd, I'm not a part of the sphere to get the, the marketing towards this. But I've seen no marketing for this film at all. Um, the opening of 31 million, it's like right on par with the first Equalizer. And then the second one opened like 36 million back in 2018. So it, just, it went up and went back down. Um, the franchise, the, the the viewer base is probably dying off too. So that probably don't help. Ooh, ooh. I didn't say that, <laughs> but um, I think it's time for this franchise to end. And I mean, they do end the franchise. They, I mean, they, they give a definitive conclusion of this trilogy. I mean, it didn't do much for me, but 
Um, it has a budget of 70 million, so this film will make money for Sony. They needed it after Gran Turismo turned out not to be a big money maker for them, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, also, the budget of 70 million, it solely went into Denzel Washington's pocket, and he earned that money. He brought those people in. He got like he probably got like I guess he probably got 20 million for this movie alone. I'm guessing, and then maybe the the Ital- Italian government got the other half at this point because they're just in Italy the whole time, like Italy this, Italy that, Italy this. Um, also. I don't know where that other, there's no other explanation for that 70 million win because there's not on screen at all. They have like a couple explosions, but that's about it. I'm like, where does the money go? Um, so overall, overall, I'm gonna use my, my new blue beetle popcorn bucket, which doesn't really look like a popcorn bucket, but it's popcorn bucket down. Don't go see this movie. Don't go see this movie at all. Please, please slap me. There's so many better action movies that you can be watching instead of this. This is this has not been a good week of movies for me. Please, I want someone to put out something that I would love. I'll probably have to wait to like Dumb Money or The Creator. I might write like Haunting on the Haunting of Venice, which comes out in two weeks. I love the first two, so maybe I'll love this one too. But it's been a rough, it's been a rough bit for me. Even though I like Grand Turismo, that sounds good. I just I want to. I don't think I can say I've loved a movie since maybe Talk to Me and Barbie and Oppenheimer. And I just, I want another movie I love. Please, please stop putting out crap and moving back all your good movies because of Strike Studios. So yeah. Um, I don't think none two or Expendables four are gonna be good, and I, I'm definitely, I don't think I'm definitely not watching more Expendables, any of the Expendables films before I see that. I'm not doing that to myself, but I might watch none because I like the Conjuring movies. But I heard that's like the worst one. But I think I can do it. I think I can stomach one none movie and then go see the second none. So we'll see. Just give me good movies again, please. So yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Equalizer. I mean, if you guys are, good for you, but this is not for me. But now we have to talk about the box office. Before I get into this past week's box office. Some major, major stuff happened this past morning that I that completely crashed my AMC Theaters website. So, I go into AMC Theaters to get my Denzel Washington Equalizer 3 A-list reservation. And I, I haven't put it in a queue. I'm like, why am I putting it in a queue at 7 o'clock on a Thursday morning? What is happening to AMC A-list? There's no big movies coming out. There's nothing good coming out. What is happening? And I scroll down to see the reasoning, like, where is, this, why is it, why is it, sen- where is it sending to me? And I see they are doing Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, in movie theaters. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm going to have to buy these tickets for my girlfriend now, which is what I did, which is what I did. Um, but I did, ended up getting my Glazer 3. They're like, I had to do it later in the afternoon. It was a whole mess. And I was like, stop, just give me my, give me my tickets. <laughs> so it's been a rumor for a while, I think. At least what I've heard. I feel like I recall seeing this vaguely, but I don't know. Tickets went on sale for the release date of October 13th, which my girlfriend says October 13th. It, 13th is Tosso's lucky number, so that's why they did that. It works out. It's a Friday, too. It took that Friday the 13th great. It crashed all the websites. It put AMC, as I said, had a waiting list. Um, It's, it's a concert film for theaters, which I don't know how that's going to go. I haven't seen, I think the most, the highest grossing one was like a Justin Bieber one, maybe back like 10 years ago, but I wasn't really a functioning sound body in mind when that came out. So I have no recollection of concerts really in theaters. Um, she's, uh, they're doing a popcorn bucket too, and a drink holder. So I know I'm going to have to buy that stuff at some point, but I don't know. It looks, it looks fun. I think this could honestly be the biggest opening of the year, like even above Barbie. I would not be surprised if this opened above 162 million. I could see it like getting close to 200 million, honestly. Even though it's just a week, like it's just a weekend number, and they don't even have Thursday previews. It opens strictly on the Friday because I looked. It starts showing six o'clock on Friday. They're like most of them are sold out at this point. So I think I think it could do it. Um, it also has 10 million in pre-sales. This was like a couple hours ago they reported this, and 
that was in the first 10 hours. That's like the level of a Marvel movie. Uh, we still have a month to go before, more than a month to go before this comes out. This movie's going to make so movie. This concert's going to make so much money. I hope the movie theater owners are prepared for what's to come their way. Um, I, I hope, hopefully, hopefully they can, they can make it out. It's, I wonder if it's going to be like a concert or a movie. Are people going to be standing or sitting? Uh, are they going to be screaming, singing? I don't know. I don't know what to expect. And I also found out it's two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time. I mean, I did Oppenheimer twice, but two hours and 45 minutes for a concert. Mm. Um, also, the tickets were $19.89, which I was like, why is this such outrageously priced? And then it made me feel better when I realized, oh, it's the album title. The best album, the only album I know is $19.89. It made me feel better when I realized it was the album price. I was like, oh, okay. That makes, it, that makes the $20 price tag a little bit easier. And I think the kids' tickets like $13.13. I'm like, oh, maybe we should be kids tonight. Um, but it's also non-refundable, too. I'm like, what if I have to change my times? And it, I couldn't use my A-list either. I was like, you slime, you slime, you slime dirty. Um, but yeah, this news just broke earlier today. So let's get back to this past week's box office points. But I had to start off there. I've never seen anything like this. But it should help push me movie theaters through the downturn to the strikes. And I think it's going to blow up the box office. Like, it's going to be the biggest. I think I, I'm predicting right now it's going to be the biggest opening of the year. I would not be surprised. So how do you get that out of the way for my Taylor Swift fans? I know you're out there. I know you're definitely listening to this. Now I want to talk about this past week's box office. So this weekend was completely thrown off. But as this past Sunday was National Movie Theater Day, I didn't even realize that last week when I was on the podcast. Everywhere was showing any format for $4. I think we need to do this more often to get more people out to theaters. The prices on these movie tickets hold back a large portion of the population going. I think they should do this at least like twice a year, if not four times, maybe once a season. I like at the end of August and I like at the end of January because there's nothing out. Dead Zones on the release calendar. Also, theaters re-released a bunch of projects such as Jurassic Park, Mario... Why did I say it like that? Super Mario Bros, Little Mermaid, and many others that all did okay, but nothing great, nothing outstanding. Um, but I love to see releases, and I was hoping to get to see Jurassic Park someday because I've never seen that movie theaters before. But I did not make it out. I did not have time, and now it's not playing anywhere near me. I'm very sad. I'm like, no, I, I wanted to see it, but maybe I'll just rewatch it on Peacock or whatever it's on. So what effect did this $4 movie ticket price have a movie theater going? So far this year, it looks like we have 8.5 million. Oh, 8.5 million people make it, made it out to the theater versus last year, which was 8.1 million. The tickets last year were $3 versus this year being $4. They made more money this year. Um, Blue Beetle benefited the most from the cheap tickets with Grand Turismo right behind it. as they, like They saw the biggest jump from Saturday to Sunday. Percentage-wise, we'll talk about in a second. But let's, I want to discuss Grand Turismo based on a true story first. So it had a $17.4 million opening weekend. But that's... That's not really the opening weekend as Sony included $3.9 million of previews within that. So it was more like, hold on, can I do math? <laughs> it was it was more like around the $13 million range. Was with the number 13 this week? <laughs> but the previews were carried out over the past two weeks. So that's why it added so much to the total, which this is enough for the film to take number one this weekend. And every other studio recognized this, but Warner Brothers, they were not happy with this result. <laughs> Warner Brothers wanted Barbie to take the number one spot back. They lost it last week to, I'm already forgetting what movie came out last week. Blue Beetle. Yeah, <laughs> Blue Beetle. They were fine with that because Warner Brothers owns Blue Beetle. But they wanted it back for Barbie and they did not get the top of Gran Turismo. We'll talk about Barbie's performance in a minute, but it's still, do it's still doing fine. It's still made over a billion dollars, but Warner Brothers was pissed about this, but that's what films always do with the preview numbers, so they lump into the weekend grosses to get that headline. I don't like that when they do that at all, and I don't think they should do it. Same with the Thursday counting towards Friday's number, so it looks like Friday was so much bigger than Saturday. It should be Thursday by itself. They start at like 2 o'clock now. I saw Eclipse at 3 at 3 o'clock. They should do a Thursday number, Friday number, Saturday, Saturday number, and Sunday number. Let's not lump Thursday and Friday together. That's stupid. 
Um, but there's a lot of stupid ways the industry is run right now, and we've been doing we've been we've been doing it this way for years. Maybe not to the degree of four weeks of previews, but they did it with Barbie blowout screenings too. That was like on a Wednesday, and they lumped it in with the Thursday and lumped it in with the Friday. So Barbie's been doing it too. They also had tons of early screenings for the Flash that counted towards its opening week. So yeah, Warner Brothers. This this is gonna be a hateful Warner Brothers episode, by the way. Just a heads up, we'll get to more hatred later in this episode. But Barbie may not have been number one in six weeks, but it has still made so much money to where you shouldn't be complaining about little crap like this. Like, come on, let's move on. But back to Gran Turismo, the film received an A cinema score, which is great. And should help with the legs for the film. I think like Avatar: Way of Water got A. I think Avatar: Way of Water like might be my new favorite film of all time. Honestly, I just keep rewatching that last hour. I mean, I gotta go back and watch three hours, but I'll have three hours to sit down. I just keep watching that last hour. So good, but. You can see it could it should have good legs. It should keep up this weekend. Um, I could see the film laying out a bit. Um, it turns out it didn't have a production budget of 100 million, it rather 60 million, which I think is a good budget for a film like this. And I could see it recouping its cost down the line on streaming. It, I don't think it's going to turn profit in theater, but they don't care as long as more people buy PlayStation, buy the Gran Turismo game. Only at, it's only at like 40 million worldwide at this point. So I believe, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. As long as I said, as long as the film sells more PlayStations and more copies of Gran Turismo, Sony is going to be happy and they're going to make more of these. Um, it's still stupid the title Gran Turismo based on two story, but I'm not talking about Gran Turismo right now. Now I want to switch over to Blue Beetle, which had its second weekend. Blue Beetle fell an okay amount, nothing bad, but nothing that's going to save the film. It fell like 51% to 12.2 million this weekend, which isn't awful. Like the hold of the flash, which fell 72.5%. I forgot how bad it was, guys. Even though I talked about the flash and how bad it did for a while, I forgot it fell like 72%. Oh my gosh, I missed that. Um, Shazam 2 fell like 69 to 70%. I can't remember the number, but it was high. I think Ant-Man 3 fell like 70% too. That's so bad. <laughs> um, Blue Beetle, though, I said it benefited the most from National Movie Ticket Day, which is surprisingly the same with the boost it got from cheap tip. Oh my god. Benefited really well from National Ticket Day, and then also be- National Movie Theater Day, and then also benefited well on Cheap Ticket Tuesday, where they're like $6 that day. So it seems like people want to see the DC films, but they don't want to pay the price for them compared to other movies. I'm sure there are better analysis break- analyst breakdowns for this, but the DC brand is so tarnished that people won't spend the full ticket price on one of the films, because, which is crazy how much they have, they've tar- tarnished their brand. Everybody just expects it's going to be bad. So that B B plus cinema score isn't weighing it down that much, but the total worldwide of the film is about 80 million based on 105 million budget. So I don't see this film making money for the studio at all. And it definitely doesn't make enough money to keep around the character at all. And then I noticed this week, it's kind of fallen off and starting to fall on the Shazam levels at some point. So I think right now it's going to finish with like 65, 70 million domestic, which is not good at all it's not good and uh, i just I, i'm just i'm done with all the dc drama can we just start over let's get aquaman move aquaman up get it out of christmas let's be done with it end it all be done start over kill everybody all these characters boom done I mean, that's what i would do let's start completely over please james gunn heed my advice please um also i wanted to mention though or saw blue beetle did i end up with the blue beetle popcorn bucket that's what this that's what this weird contraption was it's like a backpack and you open it up here I ended up with it because um, they, I think I'm going to wear it in front as a shield. I'm eating my popcorn that way. But they were just giving them out on Sunday on National Movie Theater Day with purchase of a large popcorn. So instead of paying like $35 for it, you just had to pay $10 for like a large popcorn. They're just giving them out. I don't know if I'm like telling on anybody here, but like it was awesome. I want them to do that more often. Maybe the Blue Beetle popcorn buckets are just not selling. So they just decided to do that, which I love. I still think it's an ugly popcorn bucket. I have no idea how I'm going to display it back here. But I'll have to add it to the collection somehow. And right now, it's just been sitting on my desk because I don't know what to do with it. But 
I think one day though I'm gonna make a video going through all my popcorn buckets. But yeah, I I don't know what to do with it at this point. And then Barbie. Um, it lastly we had to discuss Barbie, which was second place this weekend, making 15.1 million. Um, Warner Brothers called it and it made 17.1 million on Sunday. Overzealous that they are. Um, but no, it ended up making two million less. They were gunning for that number one spot from Grand Turismo. They did not get it. Um, I thought let's throw it in here, but the film is still making money. It's become the biggest film for Warner Brothers ever, internationally and domestic. Internationally, I think it beat um, Harry Potter and Deathly Halls Part 2. And then domestic-wise, it beat Dark Knight. So it's the biggest Warner Brothers movie of all time. And it should be the biggest film of the year by the end of this week. I think it's going to be Super Mario Bros. this weekend, maybe. So yeah, keep up with the National Movie Theater Day and maybe do a little bit more often throughout the year movie theaters. And then lastly, I just want to mention before we close off the box office talk is that Elemental is coming back to theaters i think like 2000 theaters for labor day which i kind of want to see it again but also i don't have any time i wish i would know about it sooner maybe i could plan stuff around it but um i do want to mention though that it's coming back in theaters it's close to all it's i think it's like 30 20 million away from 500 million worldwide which would be absolutely amazing for this film after it opened with like 30 million domestic that's absolutely incredible but now there are rumors that a sequel is in development along with a spin-off disney plus series hallelujah hallelujah i absolutely love the world they built here along with the characters elemental i think it's like in my top five favorites of the year and it's one of pixar's best i need to i need it to come to disney plus soon so i can watch it again i'm glad we might be getting a sequel and i hope peter Stone's peter Stone. i'm pretty sure that's how you say his last name i hope he says on the director i really really love this movie so much and i'm so glad they like pixar recognizes like it's i'm glad audience responded to it and helped it laid out laid laid out so it shows that pixar that quality still matters and that people will go see good product and hopefully that leads to more from these creatives and more from these characters and more from this world i'm so happy i'm just so happy this film did well i i, I remember coming out of the movie i was raving about it and it wasn't it was getting dogged on at cans this movie has i have so there's so much drama with this movie same with flash they both came on the same weekend oh i miss all that drama it was so crazy i missed the summer i want it to be summer again but yeah that's it for the box office talk so yeah national movie theater day great success Taylor Sotero store is going to dominate the box office and Elemental might be getting a sequel. But now, I'm going to rant. A rant, a long rant. So the strike caused more delays for the film industry. Warner Brothers has finally decided to move their films after no end of, si uh, no end of the strike in sight. I do want to mention briefly, though, before I get into this, that the developments we've had with the strikes of the writers' studios heads, they finally sat down with the writers about the, they talked about the studio's counterproposal to the writers, but apparently the meeting was held by the studio heads to just boast about how good their new deal was. They didn't even they didn't even negotiate. They just came in there just to tell them like look how good we are. Also, the AM, AMPTP, which are the producers, wanted press silence, and then they broke their own rule in order to make the writers and actors look bad. It didn't work. They also hired a new PR firm or something like that to help save their tarnished image, but it's too late for that. Um, now the CEOs like David Zaslav, Bob Iger. Bob Iger, why did you do this to yourself? Bob Iger, I like loved you and I really respected you how you grew and made this company so big. And I was like, wow, he did that. And I was just throwing his legacy down the drain. Um, the stock price of Disney, I know his lease is lowest since 2014. Right now it's like $84. So bad. I actually might buy it though, because like make a good bottle by Apple or it's gonna go back up from 84. It has to. Like, there's no way it's staying like this. Um, so we thought that the strikes are coming to an end, but who knows at this point? And Warner Brothers were set to make their final decision about upcoming films after Labor Day. Seems like they no longer has hope as well. There is no progress at this point. So, the major film to move, and the film to move the longest, is Doom Part 2, which moved from November 3rd of this year to March 15th, 2024. That is a huge delay, and it just really sucks at this point by moving the film. The studio is showing how valuable the actors are and to promote it. You're showing how valuable these people are, and yet we're not going to pay them what they're worth, but they're so valuable we have to move the movie. 
I think it's just another. Also, there's so many reasons why the stupid decision, which we'll get into, made by the head of Warner Brothers, David Zaslav. He's just so stupid, it's mind boggling. Yes, I, I'm okay with calling him stupid. I don't care. I'm insulting him. He, he's ruining people's livelihoods because he's not paying them correctly. I wish the success of Barbie would have happened to any other studio because Zaslav for sure as hell doesn't deserve that win. But I want to get into why this stupid decision. I need to lay out my points so I can keep calling him stupid. Uh, mainly because they've invested so much into the marketing campaign of Dune 2 already. They have put out full trailers, they've done tons and tons of TV spots at this point. Everything is going into this movie. Was everything is going to think this movie is everyone is going to think this movie was released in November, um, not March of next year. It's going to be like No Time to Die Again and other pandemic movies where everybody's like, Oh, I thought that movie already came out, or I have no idea when that movie is coming out because they keep changing the release date. And it already, <laughs> it are, it's just a stupid decision that is going to cost them an unseen amount of money. Also, moving to the Mar moving the film to March, there is so much competition. The film, the month opens with Elio, new Pixar film, which I think looks funny. And you have Fall Guy, some action movie. I don't really know. Snow White. And the, no, wait, it's not so nervous. There's Snow White. Um, there's Ghostbusters Afterlife, Kung Fu Panda 2, and then Mickey 7, which is Bong Joon-ho. Bong, I can't say his name. I feel so bad. Bong Joon-ho movie, who's the guy who made Parasite. That's his new movie. There's so many films releasing just like this past March. There's just too much competition that not all the films can succeed. Dune 2 also had a five or five to six week um, exclusive release in IMAX theaters lockdown for the, when it released in November. That's not happening now that the film moves. They are going to lose out on so much money for that. People people love seeing the first film in IMAX, and that makes movie makes a lot more on an IMAX upcharge because of that. It's probably going to lose the IMAX in about three weeks now if it releases March, not five, unless we see how it plays out. Who knows? Uh, Marvels will now get the IMAX screens because due to, Dune 2 won't have an exclusive run. Marvels releases November 10th, but I bet they move up to film up to the third so they get an extra breathing room. I would. Smart decision, but... Who knows you know, how they're running the studios these days. But yeah, they're going to lose so much money because they lost that five to six exclusive run with IMAX. Also, the day they moved the film, Empire released a full magazine focusing solely on Dune 2. Just an absolute brain dead decision made by Warner Brothers here. Lastly, the film will not be playing at this year's Oscars and instead will not be playing in the Primetime's awards calendar. That means fall and winter months. Oppenheimer for sure is happy. So is Killer of the Flower Moon, I bet, and Napoleon. And it's opening up their chances to win, especially on the technical side of the awards. The first Dune won like six Oscars, six Oscars, six Oscars, but those are all below, below the line stuff. So I'm sure everybody else is much happy, but like, oh, we just created our Oscar chances. Everybody's doing Oscar betting. Screwed them. It's completely screwed them. And I, I don't, I bet you it's going to hurt their Oscar chances. Honestly, they're releasing in March and not in October, primetime season. So yeah. I don't think it was a very smart decision to move Dune 2 out of this year's release window, especially with the other decisions they made in that same day. Since Dune 2 was moved to March 2024, it had to take someone's release date, and it took Godzilla X-Kong, the new empire. Such a bad title. Um, I'm, not, I'm just going to say Godzilla and Kong. I'm not saying Godzilla X-Kong. It's just It doesn't roll off the tongue. And that forced the film to move back a month to April 12, 2024. That's not that much of a delay. And plus, the film hasn't started advertising. So this doesn't make me super sad. Um, I love the Godzilla movies so much. I love King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters is my absolute favorite. I don't understand why some people in that movie. I love that. Vera Farmiga and Millie Bobby Brown. It's so good. It's so good. And I don't think Millie Bobby Brown's in the new one. No, I like her. Bring her back, please. I'm Bring her back. Um. I love, so I'm very excited, but I can't, I can wait one more month. I can wait one more month. So I don't think this was a smart move or a bad move, but how to get out of the way Dune 2. Um, and then there's an animated Lord of the Rings film called The War of Warhim, something like that. I don't have pronounced all this Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, that did occupy that April 12, 2024 spot. And now that film has moved, not one month, not two months, but has moved to the Christmas season of 2024. Now it's scheduled for December 13, 2024. Um, that is so far, so far. December, though, is a typical release date for Lord of the Rings films, and they've made a lot of money here, so I think this is a better release date for the film, honestly, but it does suck, though, that it's getting pushed back this far. Um, 
But those three films were the only ones that Warner Bros. moved, thank God. The ones that they kept on release schedule were also, like, quite stupid. Like, we're going to move any. We didn't move a single one of these. And that is because Warner Brothers has three films releasing within 10 days of each other this Christmas season. Um, Color Wonka releases December 15th. Aquaman 2, I can't remember what it's called. Lost Kingdom? Last Kingdom? Something. That releases on December 20th. And then The Color Purple releases December 25th. Oh my god. I'm so glad they didn't move Aquaman 2, though. We have to get this this old DCU over the over with. Let's not stress it, stretch it out. But I think they should honestly like move one of these up a bit into December. Uh, out of December, have these released so close to one another within two days. It's, just, it's so stupid. Their only competition at Christmas time is going to be themselves. It's They'll be hurting each other's performance. Um, the clowns running Warner Brothers right now are really running it in the entire industry into the ground at this point like please someone get rid of david zaslav he has 250 million dollars just he can go off and do his own thing it's a sad sad day for movie friends right now with all these releases being delayed and other stupid decisions being made the only other notable studio to not push back their films at this point is disney who's still debating moving the marvels i think it'll stay now that it doesn't have the competition in dune 2 now has imax screens and just put like a new teaser with a november 10th date so i don't think it's going to move i mean we'll see they can make more stupid decisions I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and they also have The Wish, which is occupying the Thanksgiving release date. And I don't think... It looks pretty good. I think it'll just stay. I don't think they really need Chris Pine and Ariana DeBose. They're not huge stars to market this film. I mean, you didn't get people to go see Dungeons & Dragons. I don't. I feel like that's going to stay. It's like primetime Thanksgiving spot. Um, the Creator and Haunting of Venice, which are the two box releases this year, they're almost done with their marketing campaign, so they're not going anywhere. So, And then um, Poor Things, which is Emma Stone's Oscar movie, that's scheduled for like December 8th. They're not moving that. They need it to come out this year so they can, so she can try to win an Oscar. So yeah, I don't think see Disney shifting any other any canned films, but they might have to move Deadpool three because that's not finished filming, and a few others next year. Probably within the next two weeks, they'll shift the twenty twenty four calendar twenty twenty four calendar around. You know, cries throughout the world for movie fans, particularly me, because I'm I'm sick and tired of delaying stuff. Like, can you just come and pay your actors and writers, and we can be done with this? Delays, delays, and is all of it can be prevented. We just paid actors and writers fairly. Hollywood, it's it's just such, just such a simple fix. Now, after my ranting, after my anger, I talked about something I love, something I absolutely love. Um, after an amazing first two episodes of Soka, the third episode came out. It was one. It was too damn short, but man. Was I entertained the entire time? It seems like the show knows exactly what it's doing and it's staying focused on it. This episode really didn't explain anything or like expand the storyline, but man, it was still really entertaining. I also have to praise the release drop times because watching this when I'm fully awake really helps me enjoy it more and I can stay focused. I'm like, oh, this is, and then I get to go to bed afterwards. It's, like, oh, it's perfect. Best of both worlds. But let's get into breaking down this episode, even if there isn't a, lot, a ton of stuff, but I want to go through everything. So the only part of the episode that I didn't love was the, those definitely the beginning, which followed Ahsoka and her training Sabine, and involved putting like the blind mask on Sabine, and they're fighting with the sticks and all that fun stuff. It was it just really it wasn't anything we haven't seen before, other than other than Sabine just really sucks at it. She didn't learn very quick, and I kind of I kind of hope she just like doesn't become wielder of the force. Like that'd be a good reversal of what we expected to be, because we're like. Oh, by the end of it, she'll overcome it and she'll be able to use the force. I kind of hope they just don't do that. They do the opposite of that. It would be cool. But this training went on for a minute. They could have definitely cut that down. Um, I don't want super short episodes, but I don't want short episodes that have stuff drawn out. But after that, we cut to Hera, which was honestly my favorite part of the episode. As she has to, Hera's like one of my favorite. I think she's like my second favorite character besides behind Kylo Ren at this point. I love Hera so much. Um, but she has to argue with the New Republic senators in order to send a squadron to investigate the system where the hyperdrive building it's to see if Imperials are there. Um, the Senate won't do it, and just shows how freaking incompetent they are. Some people are saying this is a flaw, but have you seen our own government? I mean, 
there's a reason this republic this new republic failed um <laughs> go investigate this because so you want to face a bigger threat um Hera pleads with them i love seeing mom mothma fall up here um but dave floney definitely cannot write her as well as tony gilroy can and andor she was honestly like my favorite part to follow in andor i loved her storyline so much where with her daughter and all that stuff and how she had to go behind everybody's back oh it was so good and i Hope, I love that we get to see her afterwards too. But Hera pleads with them, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead is giving an absolutely amazing performance. She's the best actress in the show, and I wish she was in the episode more and was given permission to go on the mission. The senators deny her. I love that she called one one of them out, saying like they never even fought in the war, and like that could. I love I love when we get into this crap. I mean, Star Wars is politics, guys. It literally is a war over politics, <laughs> over forms of government, over empire and republic. So guys, I like this stuff in my Star Wars, along with the lightsabers, along with the, the action. But after this, we finally get our first look at live action Jason, her son, who wants to be a Jedi. I wonder if he knows who what his dad is and how his dad died. <laughs> um, maybe he wouldn't want to do it then. But So we cut back to Sabine and Ahsoka, who make their way to the Sith destination, where we get about like this 15 to 20 minute long dogfight, which is just like classic Star Wars. And I was eating the whole thing up i was eating it all up it took sabine a bit to take out anybody i was like oh she really sucks at those. she really sucks at everything in the show she like forgot how cool she was she could she could do it all she could do it all in star wars rebels so she kind of forgot all that crap here um then i don't know if i've ever seen this before in a star wars i think i've seen it in clone wars and maybe like cartoons it kind of threw me out when ahsoka it was kind of, kind of funny when ahsoka like walked out in her super suit her space suit and she started like jumping up at the ships and gravity totally was off the physics was not right and it, was, it felt like it could work in an anime show I don't think it really worked here. Um, it was a great dog spy in space. It's absolutely great Star Wars right there, but I don't know about when she went out and did her lightsabers. Then we get to see the Purgles in live action, which is just space whales, um, which I found out that they were just like occupying this planet, like they weren't actually in space. I hope they explain why they are there because I thought they just lived in space as I said, but they have to dodge their way through. It was cool seeing them in live action for the first time, and I'm I'm sure everybody was like, "What are those things?" I, want? I was like, "No, my dad was that same." I was like, "No." It's just a space whale. They can, they're so cool. I, I mean, they're kind of stupid, but they're kind of cool. I feel like I can say that about anything with Star Wars. It's kind of stupid, but it's kind of cool. Um, the episode comes to a close with Sabine and Ahsoka finding out about the hyperspace ship thing, and now the Sith are on the hunt for them in the Force. Again, not a lot of, not a ton of lot of stuff happened this week, but it was still really entertaining. The director of this episode also did the second episode, Steph Green, and they're a really great director. I love the job they did are doing with Ahsoka. Now, next week, I hope we expand more on the overall story, make it a longer episode. I think we're going to get some good action because there's some clips in the trailers i think they've only showed up steps before that's my prediction honestly of them fighting in the forest lightsabers we see multiple fights i think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be really good i really hope i really hope it's a longer episode i think it's going to be about like 45 minutes which is better than 32 minutes um if you're going to have the appointment night television you have to be a certain length please so yeah entertaining episode second episode was still better and but i think i like this one more than the first so the hype train continues on ahsoka i have not been dead let down and please don't let me down please please i beg of you I want to love the show. But as for what's coming next week, so we see The Nun 2. This is a big new movie this next week. I have not seen the original Nun, but I have seen all three of the Conjuring films. I felt like they got worse and worse with each subsequent film. But I still like them all. The first one, I think, is only like one of the best horror films of all time, honestly. I'm going to have to watch the first one, first Nun, before I see this. Um, but I'm not really looking forward to it because I remember it not having good reviews or good audience reactions. So I don't know if I'm excited for that. The trailers for Nun 2 have been so loud. It's been so annoying watching them play in front of other films. It looks fine, but it just gets so loud so fast. It's so annoying. And they play it in front of every movie. It's not even scary. It's just annoying and loud. And I don't like it. It's supposed to be the scariest film in the Conjuring universe. Or was it the violinist? Violinist. And the most violent or something like that. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. If it can throw me, then I'll be happy. If it can live. I don't think it's going to be better than Evil Dead Rise. And um, 
cocaine bear and talk to me, but I don't know. We'll see. Oh, and I want to mention the main actress is not being fairly compensated for the merchandise sold with her face on it. A deal that she was entitled to in her contract that she is now suing Warner Brothers from. for. I'm glad she's doing this, and I hope she wins and gets the money she deserves. Warner Brothers, stop screwing your talent over. But I will see you in this movie to support the talent. Um, and the other movie coming out is My Big Fat Greek, My Big Fat Greek Wedding Three. I have not seen the, My Big Greek Fat. Oh my God, I can't say it. My Big Greek Fat What? I can't say it. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I did not know the A, the second one, but this one's just so awful. I took like the trailer plays because it's like good music and it's kind of relaxing. And then you get the Nun 2 trailer right after. It's like, oh, it's so loud. But I do like the relaxing music, but I will not be seeing this film. I don't think many will because it just looks like a streaming movie or something. Not something you go out to see the theaters. The film is going to be so bad and it's going to perform so bad. I think it's supposed to be like $8 million. Um, Just a poster for these for it looks awful like the faces are photoshopped so on so badly you're gonna have to google that poster that i have right there it's so funny i laughed at it for like 10 minutes it was amazing okay maybe i love this movie now because it's a bad poster but that'll do it for this week's episode of seeing all what did you think you could go three am i being too harsh on it what did you think of ahsoka episode three am i too happy about it um doing too delayed taylor swift coming to concert it's going to sell out that's my prediction right now but make sure to check back next week for my review of the nun 2 ahsoka episode 4 and whatever weird news breaks out will come out by then. But make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on our socials, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, but thank you all so much for listening. Have a good night now.